Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Sarah Reynolds, and I am so pumped because today we start our first ever sales funnel series that we're going to be doing over the next uh, multiple weeks in terms of focusing on conversion and how to move your prospects, how to move your customers, how to move your clients through the sales funnel to help more people to sell more of your product. Um, And so we are going to be focusing on a few things. So your sales funnel is made up of first and foremost leads. And so today we're going to dive into lead generation and we're making it a two-part topic in terms of lead generation where we focus on today we'll be prospecting. And then next week we're going to talk about reverse prospecting in terms of lead generation. And then after that, we're going to talk about how to turn it in from lead to actually a face-to-face appointment if you're in servicing and or an opportunity to get face-to-face with your client or customer. And then we're going to focus on taking the appointment or the face-to-face activity into an agreement of sale, an agreement of working with you. And then the agreement to, in real estate, we call call them contracts, but in different um, different uh, industries, sometimes that's contracts in terms of products mm-hmm. that you're we're going to sell to them, uh, right? And then taking it from contract to actually collecting the money, revenue. And so we're going to walk you through in this series how you can increase conversion on each step of the sales funnel. And so, t- so today I'm excited. I'm excited to have my amazing co-host with me, Seychelle. We do miss our other co-host and I'm pumped up to be able to teach and talk about this topic with um, a fellow amazing uh, lead generation brain that uh, Seychelle has. And so we're going to learn learn a lot. So get out your pen and paper if you're in a safe place and get ready to learn on how to uh, increase your sales and increase your impact through mm-hmm. uh, lead generation. And so let's uh, dive into lead generation. First and foremost, there are two types of lead generation. Okay. There is prospecting, uh, which is when you hunt, you go find the the prospect, the client. Okay. So through cold calling, door knocking, asking for business, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, the second type of lead generation is reverse prospecting. And so we're going to do a whole episode on reverse prospecting next week that you get to uh, be part of. And so uh, today we're going to dive into the first part of lead generation, which is prospecting but the key with lead generation is to choosing which lead generation that you want to focus on. So do you want to be prospecting uh, focused or reverse prospecting focused, or maybe a mixture of both? I love that, Sarah. And and honestly, today and your next episode you're going to get from us are super tactical. And the one thing I want you to keep in mind is, as you're going to hear a bunch of different ideas, and the best ones to implement are going to be the ones that you will actually do and follow up. So we want you to make sure that whatever it is that you choose from here, you have a lot of great ideas. The ones that are worth implementing are the ones that you will actually do, put into a system, and follow up with. So without further ado, we are going to jump in today, and um, we are going to get rocking and rolling. So the first thing you want to think about when we are doing lead generation from a prospecting standpoint is to time block and protect it on your calendar so that you make it a habit. Because if it's not on your calendar, 
it does not exist. And if it's on your calendar and you ignore it, it still does not exist. So you have to make sure that your lead generation is one of the first things that you are time blocking on your calendar. And honestly, when you're building out the habit, if you don't feel like you can commit to three hours of this or two hours of this, start with one hour and get that on your time block and schedule it and protect it that way and then grow it once it becomes a habit because it takes 66 days to build a habit so you really have to get time on task with this and if it's a changing market you really need to like number 1 look at your calendar if you're driving pull over please um but put it on your calendar and make sure you have that lead generation protected on there it is that is so critical. I mean, we can't really talk about the sales funnel without lead generation, right? We have to have leads to move through the sales funnel. And we certainly can't talk about lead generation without the number one step, which is exactly what Say said, which you must time block and protect that time in your business. The time block for lead generation is the most critical, the most important time block that you have in, in your day. And so you must time block it, you must protect it, you must build a bunker, okay? Now, the second part of prospecting, lead generation through prospecting, after you've time blocked it, is there's a multiple ways that you can prospect, okay? The first one is cold calling, okay? So you can choose to prospect through cold calling. So cold calling is defined as calling someone that does not know you, meaning it is a cold call. Okay, they do not know you. They don't know who you are. They don't know what you do, what you represent, and you're using the phone as the medium to uh, getting a hold of them. Now, the first big step for cold calling is the importance of using the do not call list. Okay, um, we cannot talk about prospecting without making sure all of our listeners know the importance of using the do not call list. We have seen multiple um, companies, multiple organizations almost be taken out because of um, breaking um, the do not call list and calling those that are, are on the do not call list. And so we want to encourage all of our listeners to use the do not call list first and foremost uh, with cold calling. I love that. And with that, your mindset is really important because when you are cold calling, you are going to get no's and it's part of the process. But it's so important to remember that for every no you get, that gets you one step closer to a yes. And so a metric you can use is for every, like make it into a game, right? For every four no's you get, it's more likely that you're going to get a yes on the next call. And if your mindset knows that you are going to get a yes, you're listening for it. I can't tell you how many times I've had agents cold calling and all of a sudden their mindset says, no one wants to work with me. This is uh, cheesy sales. Like this isn't going to work. And they're missing the yeses in the call because their mindset is already determined that every call they make is going to be a no. So you have to really set your mindset to listen for the yeses and understand that every no you take gets you one step closer to a yes. And turning it into a game can be one of the most fun things you can do. Whether it's having like 
We have some agents that will have like little things on their desk that every time they get a no, they move the like dice from one side of the desk to the other to know that that's a no. And then they keep moving them until they get closer and closer and closer and they can physically see like, ah, I am, I know I got these no's, but now I am one step closer to a yes. So keeping that mindset's a really important part of that process. I love that. Yeah. I think that mindset's probably the biggest reason why people don't cold call, right? Like they feel like they're interrupting people. They feel like they're bothering them. Um, and it, it does take your mindset to be positive and excited and, and looking at every opportunity. Um, even the rejections, the no's are actually a positive because you're one step closer. So I love that say, um, the other big thing when you go to call cold call, and I just realized we didn't give you guys an idea in terms of getting phone numbers. So there's multiple resources and we're not going to go into that today on the call on the podcast. But there's multiple resources that you can go to to get phone numbers of who to call, right? Um, but the but one of the main ways you prospect is through cold calling, and so part of that is making sure. So mindset's a big deterrent of why someone doesn't do it. Okay, the other big deterrent is that I have found is that a lot of people don't know what to say, um, and so a lot of times if you know what to say, then you'll go do it. But you just need to know what to say, and so having front of you a conversation framework um, with common objection handlers that the consumer, that the, the client, the potential client, the lead might say, okay? And so you want to have it written out. Um, so when I first started um, in the real estate business, um, cold calling was something I, I, ran, I ran towards. We didn't have a lot of money, so we couldn't do marketing or advertising, right? Um, and so our main form of growing the business was through cold calling. And um, I would cold call um, expired and for sale by owners. So um, sellers that hadn't sold their home previously with another agent. Um, and I had this flip book. And the flip book had um, the, the main script, the intro script, okay? And then it had tabs on the bottom with all of the common objections that a seller may say to the script, to the fr conversation framework, okay? And so when the seller would say that, I would just flip to that object flip to that objection handler and then just read off the objection handler. And so don't don't think that you have to know exactly what to say every step of the way. You just have to have it in front of you. Okay. And so build out your bunker to where you have the conversation framework and then the object the common objection handlers to where you can quickly um, go to them. That's so good. And then when you have them active on the phone, you need to make offers for them to jump off the fence or to want to work with you or to want to get more information. And so make sure that you have three or four different things that somebody could be looking for, whether it could be you know, if you're looking, and let's just give an example of real estate. If you're looking for sellers for homes to sell, it could be the first thing could be you sold a home around the corner and you have more buyers. Do they know of any neighbors that might be interested in selling their home? Oh, they don't? Well, if by chance, would you be interested in selling your house? That's a second ask. Then it could be, well, do you have any interest in getting to know what your property's value is worth? And so you want to have multiple different things that could pique somebody's interest to allow them to say a yes, to get into rapport with you. If you pick up the phone and the first thing you say is, hi, this is Seychelle, how are you doing today? 
they're they're not gonna they're not gonna go for it. So <laughs> you want to make sure that you have reasons for these uh, people that you're calling to jump off the fence. So true. So true. I think I think a big a big key um, here with that is um, what a big mistake I've seen people make in cold calling is they jump right to the close, right? Like, are you wanting to sell your house? Like, are you wanting to sell your house? Okay. Well, people's guard goes up with that, but what can you offer that will lead to them potentially wanting to sell their house? So exactly what Seychelles said, saying, giving an offer of, Hey, we have buyers. Do you know of anyone? So you're not asking are do they yet, right? You're just doing something a little bit softer. And then again, that example in terms of home value, you're moving them to the next step. And so what can you offer them to where you're able to move them along? in the sales process through that conversation. And then once you do that, you must close for that face-to-face appointment. So again, you are calling, so you're on the phone. Okay. So you want to move them to a face-to-face appointment. So after you give them the offer, once they say yes, you know, you actually, I, we've been thinking about selling a home or yeah, we are interested in what our home might sell for. Okay. When would be a good time for us to come over and go over that with you? Would Wednesday at six or Friday at seven work best? And you're giving two options in closing for the face-to-face. It's a key part of cold calling is the actual close to get face-to-face with them. And I love too that you're not asking, would you like for me to come over? You're saying, when would be a good time for us to come over, right? You're eliminating a yes in there and giving a, giving options for picking a time, not whether or not we're going to meet. It's when are we going to meet? And I love that. That's a little nuance you gave in there, but it's a big difference when it comes to closing for an appointment. So then number three on this is door knocking. So that is literally getting face-to-face with a potential customer first. And The biggest thing you can do with this is understand that it is a numbers game. If you are door knocking for business, there is a certain number of people that are not interested in what you have to say. So have a backup offer that you can give them to stay in touch with them Um, because they may not be interested in your product today, but if you stay in touch with them long enough, eventually they're going to want your product. So you always want to have an A and a B option for someone when you're door knocking. A option is you work with me today. B option is I stay in touch with you and you work with me sometime in the forever future. Um, And you want to know your numbers on how many you need to go visit to get a yes when it comes to this. So you need to set a goal when you're door knocking of how many physical doors with people answering that are going to answer when you're out there. Otherwise, it's it. if you're setting it as like, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes, that's very different than I'm going to talk to 10 people today or I'm going to talk to 20 people today. So if you set a goal on number of conversations, that's going to be your best way to get successful with it. I love that. Um, and then when you're door knocking, okay, you want to demonstrate value or like I like to say to our team, we show, show and tell. We don't just tell. Okay, so we, we got to get out the little fifth graders that are inside all of us for show and tell, okay? And we, you want something to show. And so I love the story of Sarah Blakely and um, when she started building Spanx. And she actually built Spanx a lot on the philosophy of prospecting. She also didn't have a lot of money. So what she had was time to cold call, time to door knock. And she tells the story of going to one uh, manufacturer after another just to get someone to say yes that they would manifest that they would make her product. She did not give up on that. And so she went from door to door to door showing it until she got 
her yes. And so just determination to, to, to do that. But then the big thing that I learned from listening to her is that she demonstrated, she showed her value. She didn't just say it. Okay. She showed what Spinks was. She showed them what she's, what she's working on. And so giving something to hand out, showing them what you do. So if you just um, helped a seller around the corner sell their home and you want to let them know about it, right? Printing out how you marketed their house, right? And the details of their home and the value that they got, they that you were able to get them, giving that to them with a some form of call to action. And then going back up to our conversation framework on the phone, you want to use the same similar sort of conversation framework when you're going door to door. So asking questions, closing for a, a, a time for you to actually show what you do to them. Um, but you're doing that now in person through conversations, not necessarily on the phone. Okay. So the difference in, in door knocking is obviously face-to-face through the door. Okay. But setting a goal is super important for numbers. And then also showing uh, your product and or service um, and handing it to them is so powerful when you're door knocking. I love that. That's so good. And then number four is actually prospecting within your network or people that you already know. And for a lot of people, this is the easiest place to start. And for some people, this is a place they never want to start. So what you want to think about this is you want to have a 36-touch program that's a combination of email, text, phone call, events, giveaways. You want to have a different marketing plan that sets you apart and talks about your value, not just pie recipes, but your actual value that you give. And you want that to go out to them in a series of 36 times a year. And I know Sarah has that for their business. We have it for ours as well. Um, but it's it's a mixture of different reasons why they should reach out to you, whether they want to use your services today, they want to refer you, or they want to keep in touch with you to receive added value for you until they need your services in the future. I love that. Um, and then also through that, um, having ways to get in front of them through events is, is super powerful. So people that you already know and using them as your network to build to, to, to introduce you to others that are looking to buy your product or engage you in the service. And so uh, creating a raving fans program for those that have referred or recommended you in the past is super imp- important. But making sure that if, if your lead generation strategy is through your network of people that you know, then you must go all in on that. And so build around that strategy strategy to where you're making it to where when you call them asking for introductions, you have another thing that you're offering them. So talking to them about the raving fans program, talking to them about the event that's coming up to where they're not feeling like you're only calling them for them to introduce you to someone that's looking to buy or sell a home or purchase your product. And so, um, prospecting through the network and people that you know is probably, like Seychelles said, one of the most common ways to grow a business. And so you've built your network your entire life. And so why not lean on people that love, know you, trust you to also build your business in terms of lead generation? I love that. I think that's so great. And so if we take a look at the prospecting side, so you are proactively pro-prospecting, outbound, reaching out to people, We talked about today going after people you're hunting for. That can be through cold calling, that can be through door knocking, or that can be from going after your active network that you already have 
to ask for the business and to know your value and go after that. So the next episode we're going to do is to talk about how to make the phone ring coming back in. So um, thank you all for joining us today and um, go out there and lead a big business, build a big business, go do some prospecting and build a big business and an even bigger life. We appreciate it. Bye guys. Bye.